Praise the Lord. Yesterday, we kicked off. You know, I love what we just did. We just ministered in the spirit. Yesterday was so powerful. When I got back home, I watched it again. And I was vibrating in my room, speaking in tongues. What are the things that I, I gave the people, you know, who are, who are with me, you know, when I met them? So on the likes of Brother Richmond, when I met him, or when he came to meet me, I was a, I was a young guy who looked like I'm also trying to figure out my life. But he, alongside many other young people, came to me. And they listened to me. He came from a family where nobody goes forward. Am I right? What's the highest education of anybody who was there? And when you came, I mean, nothing was, nothing was happening. Nothing was just going on. And he was not the only one. Many other people. And when you see him, you feel like you wonder what can ever happen or come out of a person like that. But he came to me. I didn't give them money. I didn't give them anything. I just shared words with them. I just took them to, the, to teach them these things. I just took them all night prayer. All night prayer. I just taught them what the scriptures said. Because the scriptures are dependable. I just taught them what the scriptures said. And we kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Before long, people's lives started changing. Because God changes lives. You know, you heard people say, Jesus changes destinies. God changes destinies. Yes. Yes. For you to be seated here alone is proof positive that God has a plan. That God has a plan. Because if you keep listening, if you keep listening, and you keep doing the things that are said here, doing the word of God, you're going to start seeing changes. You're going to start seeing changes. Your life is going to start transforming. Because the scriptures are dependable. So you listen, make sure you listen. And you do. Alright. So yesterday we started talking about the fact that we are called out. Doesn't it sound nice? It sounds so beautiful to me that I'm different. Jesus called me to difference. He said, I will build my church. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. He says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Jesus built a church. He built a group. He started with a group. He said, this group is going to be different from everybody else. This group is going to talk like everybody else. This group is not going to think like everybody else. Remember what Paul said. He said, let this mind be in you. That means when you join this group, you can't have your mind. He says, let this mind be in you. When you join this group, we give you a mind. We tell you how to start thinking. I have my own opinions. No, when you join the church of Jesus Christ, you can't have your own opinion. You, you are given an opinion. Everybody talks down. God says you talk top. God teaches you to start talking differently. So there are so many people who are in their conduct opposing the dictates of the group. So many people in their conduct uh, go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 16. He says, Jesus was praying and was talking about his church, talking about his people. He said, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. He said, they are not of the world. 
Now, something baffled my mind when I, I looked at these scriptures and I saw things like this. Is Jesus said, they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, they are not of the world. They are not of the world. That means there are people that Jesus calls the world. Oh, glory to God that I am not part of the world. So when they are counting those who are of the world, they are not a part of them. Jesus said, they are not of the world. So, can I have that thoughts? Can I have that mindset that I am not of the world? That means there are a group of people that God calls the world. Go to John chapter 7 verse 7. John chapter 7 verse 7. He says, the world cannot hate you. Jesus was talking to his siblings, the sons of Mary. He says, the world cannot hate you, but it hated but, but me it hated because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. He said, the world cannot hate you. So Jesus was talking to his siblings and said that, for you, you are fine with the world. The world likes you. Let me start by giving thumbs up to Joshua. Where is he? On your, on your birthday this year, you went to preach in buses, and you posted it on Twitter, and people were insulting you. You know what? You know what? You just passed. God bless you. Come and give me five. You know what? You actually need to get to that place in your life where what anybody says contrary to the word of God makes no sense. And it makes no difference in your life. How can someone go out to go and preach? And you could only meet him with insults. It shows what Jesus said. He said, the world hated me because I testify that it works therefore are evil. He said, the world cannot hate you. There's some of you, everything you do sits well with the world. They just love everything you do. They tell you, I, I like you because your Christianity is not too... It's not too aggressive. <laughs> I like how you, you, you don't really put it in our faces. I like how you are tolerant. I beg your pardon. I like how you are chill. Listen. This year, we didn't come to play. This year, we stamp our feet for Jesus. Insult us all you care. We will go to our room and pray for you. Because my Christianity is really going to be in your faces. Because Christianity is not something you do on Sunday. We don't need you to be a Christian on Sunday. After all, if you put on the torchlight in the sun, nobody sees it. We need your Christianity every other day of the week, not on Sunday. This year. One of the things we're going to do is, before we tell God, God, do something for me, we're going to stick out our necks for Jesus. Regardless of what anybody thinks, I'm ready for trolling. I'm ready for insults. I'm ready for anything. Jesus is worth it. 
After all, some of the people who throw, all they can afford is data. But Jesus calls them the world. He said, the world hated me. John chapter 15, verse 8. John chapter 15, verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruits, so shall ye be my disciples. So, in producing results, Jesus says, that's how people would know that you follow me. In the results, the kind of results that you produce. You know, sometimes people want to just settle in, and that's a big problem. He called us out. Jesus called us out. And he says, we are not like everybody. We can't think like everybody. We can't talk like everybody. And I told you yesterday, I said, one of the thing, first things we're called to do is, we're called to be saints. So, Saint Pastor Enoch, Saint Juliet, Saint Frank. All right? So, we are called to be saints. And this is, this is exciting. I thought that we, we, we saw in the scriptures that though, you know, um, when you get born again, try to be righteous. There's none righteous. There's nobody who is holy. Nobody can be perfect. Nobody can be this. Nobody that. Very contrary to the word of God. But we look in the scriptures. He said, beloved in Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 7. He said, called to be saints. Called to be saints. That means we are called to be saints. Let me tell you a secret. God does not start something until he has ended He didn't catch it. God does not start something until he has ended. So before God, listen, before God will tell you that, all right, make attempts, all right, or or work towards something, he would have declared you the winner already. He would have declared and said that, hey, you are a saint. So what do you start doing? He says, start living like that. Because if God calls you something else, you can never be anything else. So God comes to Abraham and says that, hey, from today, I call, it comes to Abraham, he calls us, from today, I call you Abraham, a father of many nations. Where's your child? None. But then you're going to start working toward it. You're going to start having faith. You're still going to start believing. So you are getting there. But he first of all calls the end from the beginning. He names the end. Bible says, God, who calleth things that be not as though they were. So God first of all starts by ending it, then he now calls you, he says, walk toward it. Then you know that God is not asking you to do something crazy. He's telling you to do something you can actually do. He said, be therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So it becomes an insult to the words of Jesus when you now say that it is impossible for anybody to be perfect. He said, be therefore perfect as your Father is perfect. So what you do, you say, God says it's possible to be perfect. So you know what? I start my journey. I start my journey on perfection. I start my journey on excellence. So I said the first one is we're called to be saints. The second one is we're called to glory and virtue. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. This is the true Christian life. Someone said Christianity is the imitation of Christ. Wrong. Christianity is not the imitation of Christ. <laughs> Christianity is Christ in you. There's a big difference. So that's mean we're not supposed to imitate Christ. That's not what I'm saying. But that's the lesser that's included in the greater. It's like saying someone who has not given his life to Christ and imitates the lifestyle of Christ as a Christian. No. You first of all need to have the life of Christ before you start imitating Christ. So he says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He said, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. That means Jesus called us to glory. 
Jesus called us to glory. That means the Christian life, the life that God has given us and called us, he said he called us to glory. What is glory? He called us to beauty. He called us to a life of success, a life of unending victories. That's glory. He called us to glory. So you, you are not called to failure. You are not called to manage life. Someone said, but I'm not really seeing all these things in my life. The fact that you're not seeing it in your life doesn't um, invalidate the word of God. We rather need to go to the word of God and see what he says. He says he called us to glory. He called us to glory. That means when we're called out, the church was called to glory. Glory. A life of glory. That means 2020 is supposed to be better than 2021. And 2021 is going to be better than 2022. And 2022 is going to be better than 2023. That's a life of glory. That means he called you to glory. You know, prophecy is so powerful. Never joke with prophetic words. Prophecy is so powerful. That's why I, I told you, I said, when you're going home, be speaking and be prophesying. Because that's the word of God. When, when the prophecy comes out of your mouth, don't look for a prophet to prophesy to you. As you're going home today, I said, be speaking in tongues. When, when you close, just be speaking in tongues and be going home. Why? As you speak those words, those words enter into the coming year and they arrange the year for you. In 2019, we had no clue that there was going to be any pandemic. We had no clue there was going to be any coronavirus, there was going to be a shutdown. We had no clue there was going to be anything. Yet, in 2019, we began to prophesy 2020. So you know what? It did for us when we entered the year, the word had to come to pass. So nothing affected us. In fact, it was so amazing. Financially, I was more than 10 times greater than 2019. It's so shocking that when people were now complaining about having financial problems, I couldn't relate. (laughs) Honestly speaking, I was, I was in my house all the time during the lockdown and people were driving to my house with money. Yes. Ah. So just drive. <laughs> and come. Lockdown. Lock me money. <laughs> Why? Because words had gone forth. I remember anytime I was prophesying in 2019, anytime I was speaking, I was speaking tongues. All of us, our realize is that the words will come out. Prosperity in the coming year. Prosperity in the coming year. Prosperity in the coming year. I just noticed that those words just kept coming out of my mouth. And those words are so powerful, so potent, irrespective of anything that happened in the year, anything that happened to people, anything that happened to, to the families, that, that I, was, I was hidden in the word. That word had to come to pass. That word will crush any circumstance that does not go with it. This same year, people lost their jobs. This same year, people also started companies. A dear friend of mine who had gotten into a serious um, issue because of the coronavirus and had had, had, um, stopped working, you know, he had stopped working and all that. He said he went to pray and fast, right? And the Lord told him, start this business. At that time, there, there was no lockdown yet. So the, the Lord told him to you should start a delivery business. The moment he started, bought all his bikes, lockdown. 
He said he made more than 10 times what he was making if he was working. So after lock was op- reopened, so they finished the lock. He said it's not, they keep locking. <laughs> He's not. The Holy Spirit is a master strategist. The year you are going into that you are scared of, he has seen the year already. He, know, he knew there was going to be lockdown. He prepared us for lockdown. So by the time we're entering lockdown, nothing stopped. We just kept moving. And the words had to come to pass. We are called unto glory and to virtue. Right? Let's shift forward a little. Romans chapter 12. Woo! Verse 11. Not slothful in business. Oof. I love this. Not slothful in business. He's talking to Christians. He says, but fervent in spirit. Give me an NIV. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Give me the NIV. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Keep your spiritual fervor. Oof. Give me the Amplified. Good. Never lack in zeal and in earnest endeavor. He said, be aglow and burning with the spirits. Oof. You know what gives beauty to your Christian life? You know, I saw some, someone screenshot yesterday and I loved it. He said he never knew that Christianity was so exciting. Because they came here, we're just jumping and fellowshipping the Holy Spirit, the atmosphere, the power of God everywhere. He said, didn't know that Christianity was so sweet. What is the thing that gives your Christianity that vibe? That's what it is. He said, but being aglow and burning, never like in zeal and in earnest endeavor. He said, be aglow and burning. This is fire conference. Be aglow. You know, some of you ladies give so much attention to your body glowing. And never give attention to your spirit glowing. You go, you, you, you go to start, you go to stand in front of a mirror and you're applying all sorts of things and skin care and skin whatever, and uh, you know, I just doing don't call don't call your girlfriend at 11 because things will be on her face. White things, you might think, wow. Are you sure you are the one? One time I called a lady in video call. She just kept cutting the call, cutting the call. I said, just pick the call. Say, please, I cannot pick the call. And I said, I give you an instruction now, pick the call. She picked the call. Hey! White stains on the face with lemon. Wow. So the next day when you see the young lady walking and the skin is just looking so nice and glowing, you'll just be wondering what happened in the night. There was things going all over, powders and things. Then you will know that this scripture, it is not by might, it's not by powder. skin can glow and there are some people they are naturally skin glowing 
You can see their forehead from afar. It's shining. Wow. You can see it from afar. See, it's a wow. The, the, the touch of the Lord. So you can see, they are glowing with their skin. But is their spirit glowing? He says, be a glow and burning with the spirit. This is where we get the idea that the Christian, when you see someone is on fire, this is where we get the idea. Say, so this Christian is on fire. He's on fire. He's on fire. That fire is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That fire is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Leviticus, when, the, the, when there was in, in the temple, all right, the fire came into the holy place and God said, the fire must never go out. God didn't say the fire can never go out. He said it must never go out. That means the fire coming to your spirit is God's job, but maintaining it is your job. He says the fire must never go out. That means you're responsible for your favor in the Lord. God is not responsible for your favor. You are responsible for your favor in the Lord. The day you gave your life to Christ, every serious Christian, the day he gave his life to Christ, there's something that happens to them. There's this passion for God that just comes in. I remember mine so much. I was so passionate. I'm like, whoa, there's nothing like this in the world. Still so much love for God. Acts chapter 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. <laughs> Isn't this like some Christians? They don't, they, they don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. Paul was asking them, um, have, you, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Then they said, ah, we've not even heard if there's any Holy Ghost. But they are born again. There's some Christians, we are still fighting about speaking in tongues now. No, I mean, it's still, while we are even looking at going on to higher things in the spirit, we can't even talk, we can't even talk to them about chanting in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they are still, they are still arguing about speaking in tongues. <laughs> he says, Paul saw the same thing. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? He said, we've not heard if there's any Holy Ghost. Verse 3. He said, and he said unto them, what then were you, he said unto what then were you baptized? Paul was surprised. He said, unto what then were you baptized? He said, you've not heard any Holy Ghost? He said, what kind of Christianity is this? No, we are going to the standard Christianity of the Bible. We, we, we don't care about your opinion. Now, how can I say something that I, I, I don't understand? Hmm. You know, man, man wants to control everything. He wants to be in control of everything. There are things that God decides that you are not in control of. He says, the things that are hidden, he says, they are for God. He says, but the things that are revealed are for us and for our children. So there are things God says, hey, say this one, you don't need to understand it, but keep saying it. No, how can I say something I don't understand? Because God said, you're not supposed to understand. Hold on. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, 
My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. This is Bible standard Christianity. He said, when I pray in unknown tongue, when I pray in tongue, he said, it is my spirit that is praying. He said, but my understanding is unfruitful. Why? Because over there you have journeyed from natural understanding into spiritual understanding. So sometimes if you take notice of yourself, you realize that when you're speaking in tongues, in the beginning it might look like you're just saying something you don't understand. At a point, you just realize that uh, as you're speaking, as you're speaking, you realize that you're making certain movements. Your spirit is making certain, you know, carrying your body along. There are times I've spoken in tongues and I found myself moving my leg and making, doing things like this. As I'm speaking like that, I just realized that I'm giving orders to angels. We are going there. That craze is needed. I told you, I said, these three days, there are three days of crazy things. For if I pray in no tongue, my spirit prayed, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now go back to Acts 19, verse 3. And I asked them, what kind of Christianity is this? And he, he said unto them, unto what they were you baptized? He said, and they said unto John's baptism, verse 4. Then, he, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they speak with tongues and prophesied. <laughs> Glory to God. So they spoke in tongue. This time around, they spoke in tongue. Those guys who did not care about it, they thought, I can be a Christian and not speak in tongue. This time around, Paul laid hands on them. The beautiful thing about this sect of people is that they were open. Their hearts were open. They were ready to receive the right thing. So you see, we are contending for the faith which was once delivered unto us. Because you see, the church of Jesus Christ is about to rise in levels of glory. And because the church is about to rise in levels of glory, there are some things we shouldn't argue with, like basic things like speaking in tongues. We're not going to argue about speaking in tongues. Why? Because the scripture said that Paul spoke in tongues, Peter spoke in tongues. They all spoke in tongues. The apostles spoke in tongues. The ones who came up to them spoke in tongues. Then we're also speaking in tongues. And we are realizing that the more we speak in tongues, the more glorified we become. It's something that you know, causes our spirits to be aglow all the time. So we can't speak in tongues. Rather, we're going to get more people to join us to speak in tongues. To join us to speak in tongues. Glory to God. Now, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they speak with tongues and prophesied. Remember, he said that the fire must not go out. The fire must not go out. So that fire in your spirit must not go out. Woo! The Holy Ghost comes into your life and he sets a fire in your heart. Kosha. He sets a fire in your heart. He sets a fire in your heart. Now, this Holy Ghost, all right, we are talking about. This Holy Ghost we are talking about. This is one of the part, you know, of the church that they have missed, you know, they've gone so wrong with the Holy Spirit. Is they don't even understand his ministry. He's like a fire to them. Like an influence. Oh God. Just like an influence. But they don't realize that the Holy Spirit actually has a ministry in their lives. There are some things I'm trying to say, but I don't know if I should. Alright. I'm going to say. They sing songs like. Let your living water 
flow over my soul. Let Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation. You'll be crying. Situation that has troubled my mind. Oh, my guess. But the song is wrong. Side. The song is wrong. Uh, we'll kick off from there, alright? <laughs> Are you ready? Shadabrado Sacredes. Oh, Pastor, this song really, really gets to my spirit and my soul. John chapter 7. Looks like we are doing a lot of John today. 37. John 7 verse 37. He says, In the last day, the great day of the feast. Oh, how I love this. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, oh Lord Jesus Christ. Ah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it was a- <laughs> If any man thirsts, Jesus is so bold. How can you talk like this? Tell everybody that. If any man thirsts, come to him and drink. Come, let him come to me and drink. Imagine what everybody will say around him. What does this guy think he is? Listen, be bold. Are you listening to me? When you stand in front of people, you say, I'm a child of the living God. Who do you think you are? I'm a child of the living God. Because Jesus knew who he was. And he made sure that he put people in their place. Who do you think you are? I'm born again. All right. He says, in the last day, of the, the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, you see something crazy here. He said, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38. And he said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hold on. Verse 37 and verse 38 it does not really correspond. Let me tell you why. Because if Jesus said, he that is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink, he should have said, and the person will be full. He didn't say the person will be full. He said, let him come to me and drink. He said, the drink I will give him, it will not make him full. It will now become rivers of living water. Now look at God's mindset here. God's mindset is not to make you full. God's mindset is to make you a channel. So, are you seeing the reason why anytime you are praying and crying for God to give you something, it takes so long? Because it's going to take long. Because that's not God. He says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Why? That means when the spirit is received, when you receive the Holy Ghost, he comes to reside in you as a rivers of living water. Now, hold on. Now, Jesus says, he that believes on me, out of his belly shall flow. Now, his belly is not just being full. His belly is now a channel of flowing. He that believes on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
So you are supposed to be flowing rivers of living water. So when you start singing, let your living water flow over my soul. That is an error because he said he already gave you the water. So you now need to start flowing the water. No, pastor, pastor, let your living water. No, not let your living water flow over my soul. No, his living water is already in your soul. He said, be that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow. That means you control the flowing. <laughs> you control the flowing. So if you need his living water to flow over your soul, you go somewhere. Then you begin to let the water flow. You begin to let the water flow. Why are we always telling God to do what he asks us to do? We're always telling God. We started with mountain. God move them mountain. God move them mountain. We started with mountains. We started telling God to remove mountains. Then God looks inside the Bible and he says, No. I'm not supposed to be moving any mountain because Jesus said whosoever shall say to this mountain he didn't say whosoever shall pray to me to remove a mountain he said whosoever shall say to this mountain be moved and be oh my God then we go back to God and we say God you remove mountain and God said yes I can. God is able to remove mountain. God says, yes, I can remove mountain. Yes, God. Mountain. God says, yes, I can. All right, God, why is the mountain not moving? Because you're supposed to move the mountain. So the best thing you do is you turn to God and say, thank you, Lord. You remind yourself that he can move the mountain. That means his power is resident in you. You turn to the mountain say, you mountain, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, move. So the same thing comes to the living water. If you need the living water to flow over your soul, you're not, not going to pray, that God, uh, bring your living water to flow over my soul. Why? He's speaking. Look at verse 38. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What's that living water? Verse 39. But this speak he of the spirit. That means this living water is talking about is speaking of the Holy Ghost. He's speaking of the spirit of God. That means this living water, he was talking about the Holy Ghost. That means when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, the Holy Ghost comes to reside as living water. But you see the thing about water. We're going to start learning how to conduct power through this water. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Pursue. And the earth was out form and void. And darkness upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Hold on. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hold on. Hold on. This time, the Bible describes the situation and says that the earth was not form and void. That means everywhere was dark, everywhere was bad, and God wanted to start creating a world again. He wanted to start creating a world again. Now, God looks at the situation, and what does he do first? He makes his spirit move over the water. Move over the water. Now, this might look like a coincidence until I take you into the pool of Bethesda. You know about the pool of Bethesda? 
Bible talks about the pool of Bethesda that once a year an angel will come and stir the water and when the angel stirs the water anyone who jumps in is healed that means there was power in the water but the water has to be stirred without the stirring of the water there cannot be any healing so so the water is there with power in it but it has to be stirred oh basic science will teach you this that anytime you stir water what happens currents am i right currents start coming in when you go to akusumbo dam what is in just a turbine stirring the water so anytime water is stirred power comes out that's what jesus was talking about he said rivers of living water will flow rivers of living water will flow so anytime the water was stagnant nothing happened anytime the water was stagnant if you like going jump into it nothing is going to happen but when the angel came and stirred the water anyone who jumped in received his miracle this is what he was talking about. This is what he was talking about. So the first level of conducting the power is stir the water. Woof! Stir the water. Because, oh God, give me the water. No, wrong prayer again. God is not supposed to give you the water. If you have received the Holy Ghost, that water is already inside you. So you, you, you are looking for things to change like God. God wanted to change things. You're surprised that God wanted to change things. God wanted to recreate. God wanted to change things. And what did he do? He had to make the spirit move. Move. The word move there is a Hebrew word, rakaf. Rakaf, which means to brood. Which means to brood. Which means to brood. Which means to stare. Which means to stare. Which means to stare. Which means to stare. That means the water is there, but you need to stare the water. The water is inside you. You need to stare the water. You are trying to conduct power out of the same water. The same water has been in you. You're not going to wait for any power from anywhere. The same water that's inside you. You're going to start staring the water. How do you start staring the water? One of the ways is to speak in tongues. One of the ways is to speak in tongues. One of the ways is to speak in tongues. Oh my God. Oh my God. Go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 6. He says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Now when we say, stir up the gift of God, some people have been preaching, say, stir up the gift of God, that means the gift of singing. No! He's not talking about the gift of singing. He's not talking about the gift of the Spirit. This is a different thing. The gift of God is different from the gift of the Spirit. John chapter 4. Remember this scripture. Let's go to John chapter 4. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, remember the gift of God. He says, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So the gift of God is the living water. And who is the living water? This he spake concerning the spirit. So the gift of God is not a gift, a singing gift, a tailor gift. No, the gift of God is talking about the Holy Ghost. If thou knowest the gift of God, Jesus also called it the promise of the Father. If thou knowest the gift of God, that means this. So when he went to Paul, was talking to Timothy, he said, I put you to remembrance that thou stare up the gift of God. That means the gift of the Holy Ghost that you have received, that's the gift of God. The Holy Ghost you have received, he must be stared up. He's the all-powerful Holy Ghost. But if he's not stared up, things are not going to happen. You're going to die like a chicken. A Christian 
is not supposed to die like a chicken. A Christian is not supposed to be... Listen, not even an accident should kill a Christian. Oh, pastor, you just reminded me that somebody I know really died from an accident. His experience is not the word of God. And nobody knows where he, where he probably erred or what he did not know. Nobody knows. But I stick to the word of God. I stick to the word of God. There are better ways for Christians to die. All right? And not every Christian is supposed to die. Elijah did not die. This pastor is really, really proud. Other things he's saying. Wherefore, I put it to remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. So the first way of conducting the power is to stir the water. Stir the water. Stir the water. And you know, in stirring the water, you cannot just put the thing and start stirring. No, 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 no. You need to start it like this. And you are stirring. All right? Now, remember that when God wanted to change things, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. How long? We don't know. Why did the Bible give us these details? He told us that the Spirit of God first moved. Then verse 3, he says, and God said. That means the, what made the creation possible and for the words of God to be potent was not because God said. It's because the Spirit had been stirred. So God was teaching us a principle that before you even speak, that's why I said, when you are, that's what I said when we are praying here. When I tell you it's time to prophesy, you have to understand, I'm spiritually intelligent, I'm teaching you a thing. You don't speak a word that will come to pass when it is not backed by the stirring of the water. So anytime I realize that the anointing is present, I begin to speak. Look, as a man of God, there are days I've said things that I know that this one was mere waste. There are days I've spoken, I know that nothing can change it. Because I know when the unction is on me. I know when the spirit has been stayed. So a lot of the time, you know, when, you know, something is wrong. You know, like the Bible says concerning, you know, the children of Israel at Jericho. God was teaching them a principle. It's the same stirring of water principle. He told them, go around the, the, the wall for seven days. He said, for the seven days, don't talk. He said, for seven days, don't talk. He was teaching them a principle. So for seven days, everybody was going, mm, 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 mm. Everybody's quiet. First day, quiet. Second day, quiet. What are they doing? Mm. Mm. Third day. Mm. Mm. Someone try to ask you a question. Say, mm. Fourth day. Mm. Someone try to say, please. Mm. You know, it's like, you are dealing with something. You are dealing with something. You want to see a change in your finances. You want to see the change in the family. You call for seven days. The first day. You know, some Christians are too loud. They are too loud. They can't tell when to make the noise. They don't know the difference. Some just start on the first day. Yeah! Everything is working. I'm the biggest. And because you spoke a word without power, the devil looks at you. <laughs> and even what, what actually happens is that you even reveal what you want to do to the devil. Then you go, now giving you unnecessary fights. Fights that you are not ready for. So I have a principle. When I want to undertake a task and I have not yet conquered it, I don't tell anybody. Some of you, your plans, you have shared it with your best friend, with your, your, your boyfriend, your... <laughs> You know, you know, I have this business idea. I have this business idea that I have gotten. You know, I'm going, to, I'm going to sew clothes. When I sew clothes, I'm going to send it to my friend in France. And my friend is going to... Then the demon, then the demon will hear it. 
that when you sew clothes, we'll see how you get machine. <laughs> you was going to send your friend in France. Your friend in France is going to start hating you. You want to do something wrong, then they'll cause something to happen. You and your friend are not talking again. So all of a sudden, all you are left in your life is ideas. Ideas so you can't sell it. You can't eat ideas. So you are full of so many ideas, yet nothing happens when you are born again. Ladies and gentlemen, when the idea comes, mm, you sit down in one corner and don't say, oh, father, my tailor business that I'm going to do, the cloth I'm going to sew. No. As you sit down, you have to, you and God, on the first day, you have not yet felt the shaking. That means you have not finished staring. So, mm. You just keep quiet and you keep speaking. Cobrate so cabran. Second day, key so man to kali. Now between you and God, you know what you are talking about. You know you are talking about the machine. Kiko mando bresin tikoba machine kino manti. So you know what you are talking about. You are not sharing it with people yet. You know, you don't tell your ideas to people yet. You are still speaking. You are still staring the water. Now, electrons are coming out now. Electrons are coming out now. Now, things are coming now. But you are still not ready. So you go on the third day again. Chrome, Zonda, Dina, Sonda. People try to ask you, what, what are you up to? What are your plans for the year? Mm. <laughs> you are still moving. You are still moving in the Holy Ghost. You are still moving in the Holy Ghost. You are still moving in the Holy Ghost. You go on the fourth day again. Now on the fourth day, probably as you were praying, you began to cry. You began, you began to cry. Now I've taught you before. When you begin to, when you begin to see things like that, at that time you begin to cry. But you know that this is not a cry of sorrow. At that time, let me tell you what is happening. At that time, the Holy Ghost has taken over the prayer. At that time, probably who you are expecting the machine from is not the one the Holy Ghost is trying to channel it from. So the Holy Ghost is now contacting the people who will now give you the machine you are looking for. You understand? So at that time you are crying. You are crying. But those tears are full of Ajua Mansa. So you are, you are still staring. You are still staring. Now, at the wall of Jericho, they didn't just start shouting. On the fourth day, fifth day, seventh day, seventh day, God told them, now go around it seven times. When they went the seventh time, then God said, now, with the strength that you have gained, now you begin to shout. Now, listen, after they stared, remember the pool of Bethesda, when it is stared, you just jump. So, now, you are able to what? Remember what Jesus Christ said. He said, whatsoever thing I tell you secretly, he said, go and shout on the mountaintop. So you don't shout on the mountaintop until something has happened secretly. So you stare the water. You stare the water. You stare the water. Learn to have midnight times. You are, you are a Christian, yet you don't do any business at midnight. We sail. Are we selling again this midnight? Yeah! Are we selling again this midnight? Yeah! No, sometimes you must learn that sometimes things happen at midnight that don't happen in the midday. Why do witches move at midnight? Because at midnight, many portals are open. Because while men slept, that means when everybody sleeps, that means the, the air is free. The air is free. We now do business. 
We now do business at midnight. At midnight, you call your siblings. You call your siblings. So people just worry themselves. They call people to hand. Let us pray. I have a prayer point. No, leave the prayer point. You call them together. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? You are staring the water. Then electrons are coming out. Electrons are coming out. Then power is coming out. Then power is coming out. Then power is coming out. When you feel that the power is coming out, you say, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The nation is responding to me. The nation is responding to me. Listen, this church started with four people. This church started with four people. <laughs> and, 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 and our first service, you were in the first service. We had it on a pack. I held your hands. I said, all that we need to do to make the nation respond to us is this thing. We began to stay. 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 And let me tell you, learn to pray alone. Learn to do alone. Sometimes it's good to pray with people, but learn to pray alone too. Because there are many things that happen when you're alone. There are some things God will never say if you're outside. Sometimes learn to have a place that you pray, that you put up the lights, and you face the wall, and you touch the wall. So that when it stares so much, you begin to bang the wall. Pa, sata, kobaya. Listen, we didn't come to joke. We didn't come to joke. Every force that has been assigned from hell to stop your progress in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Ghost, we dismantle them. There are some of you in the choir. Your songs will begin to break out in the nation. Your songs will begin to break out in the nation. Nobody will, nobody will know how it happened. Nobody will know how it happened. This is it. 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 Monde Hashi. Monde Hashi. Somra Kanta Sena. Someone says, oh, but pastor, my tongues are very, very, you know, small, small. They, they, they don't sound like yours. Speak the one you know. Maybe you're honest. Mama, ba, 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 ba. speak it. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Speak it. You, you probably just started. Continue it. Mama, ba, 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 ba. Mama, mama. Ah, when I start speaking in tongue, you laugh. There are times I've spoken in tongues and it's the tongue sounded like Chinese. Ladies and gentlemen, the first day the Holy, the, the, the Holy Ghost came upon the disciples and they spoke in tongues, the people said they were drunk. We will come to that. That drunkenness is necessary. So you can see us, you think we are normal. Until you start engaging us in conversation, you realize that we are not normal. You start, you start talking. Have you ever spoken to a madman before? You are saying something, he says something else. Exactly what Jesus was. The woman said, the woman said, you have no cup to draw water. He said, if thou knowest the gift of God, you will, ah, how is that connected to the water? 
Someone comes to you and says, that, Listen, if we are saying a ding pound, Ghana is really hard. You look at the person, he says, uh, Have you ever seen the scripture? Um, Blessed is the man that walked in the council of the God here. That the sign of the God has seen us, that the will of the soul, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And that law he meditated day and night. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose means do not wither, and whatsoever I do, I How are we normal? How are we normal? What shows we are normal? What shows we are normal? Someone comes to say, hey, somebody has taken your name to a Duduma and say, ah, there's no enchantment against Jacob, no divination against Israel. Leno, Sahe, Kase, so grande sabo, so grande sabo, so grande sabo. We are called out. We are not like everybody. The Bible says that Balaam was, was, was hired to, to curse Israel. Balaam was hired to curse Israel. And when he got to curse Israel, he got there and he wanted to curse Israel. He was paid to curse Israel. Then he began to curse. The moment he began to curse, he began to bless. Then the guy said, stop what you are doing. I told you to curse Israel. They said, okay, let me try again. Let me try again. Let me try again. Israel shall be blessed. Then the guy said, stop what you are saying. I'm prophesying to you today. I prophesy to you today that anyone who wishes evil for you will even become your helper. Sit down for a moment. Shada baba. Shena mama mama. I feel the anointing so strong. Ah, Shedeme. Who has had such a thing? Shall a nation be born in one day? But as soon as Zion prevailed, she brought forth a man child. She brought forth a man child. Now remember that this water is in your spirit. So the first way to conduct the power is to stir the water. There's also another thing you can do with the water. If there's a flood, if there's a flood, do you know that that flood can do to it can clear anything in the area that is not good. Do you know that? How do we know? Floods are one of the ways that God judges evil. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. God uses floods to judge evil. So sometimes you need not to stir the water, but to let the water overflow. Ezekiel 37. Sorry, Ezekiel 47. Sometimes the water must not be stirred. Sometimes it must overflow. This is called being soaked in the Holy Ghost. 
There are days I pray like this. Especially when I'm going to a meeting where I'm going to lay hands on the sick. Or I'm going to pray for people that need something desperate upon their life. This is how I do it. I have to be soaked in the Holy Ghost. Soaked in the Holy Ghost.